presence. Welcome, 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 everybody, or everybody, however you want to hear it. Welcome online. Welcome here in this service. We're so glad you're here. And we know this, God's got a word for you tonight. How many believe that, though? How many believe God's got a word for you? If you'll keep the switch of faith turned on, get your eye off the minister, man, God, through his Holy Spirit and his Holy Word, he's got an encouragement for you in this place tonight. Amen? Praise God. You got your Bible turned to Psalm 46 on tonight. Psalm 46 on tonight, and we'll go down to verse 10, Psalm 46, verse 10, praise God. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Praise God, Psalm 46, verse 10. I'm reading from the New Living Translation tonight, New Living Translation, Psalm 46, verse 10, be still. God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. That top part of verse 10, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Praise God. You know, uh, I know you'd agree, we, all, we, we could all attest to the fact that we live in a busy and chaotic world. The, the, the world is full of busyness, we, and, and, and we have to be busy. Life is busy. That's a normal part of living, is, is, is living a busy life. How many of you live a busy life? How many of you could say life is busy? You, you got places to go, people to see, things to do. Life is busy. Life can be full of not just busyness, but the, the chaos of all the noise. There's so much noise everywhere you go. They say from noise pollution and in the air, in the atmosphere, even from, um, uh, from you know, aircraft craft traffic and, 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 and just noise in the midst of our business. They, they predict statistically by 2050 that two and a half billion people will have hearing loss just because of the excess noise in our world. They, they, they say uh, statistically over in India, the loudest country in the world, and followed by the United States. Noise and busyness, that combination of noise and and busyness seems to be everywhere. And yet God calls us, he beckons us into the stillness. He beckons us into the quietness of his presence. And there are times, thank God, there are times for the the loudness and the, 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 just the, 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 the loud amplitude of the joy of the Lord, there's nothing like it. There's times for the shout, uh, the Holy Ghost shout in the house of God and in your house. There's times for, to make a joyful noise and a loud noise. I don't think heaven's going to be a quiet place. It's going to be filled with the joy, the exuberance, and worship of God. Amen? But there are times when God beckons us to come in from the busyness and the noise. Uh, one, of, uh, one of my, uh, uh, well, you know, what, what book does Brother Hagen have that wouldn't be anybody's favorite, right? One of my favorites is his book, I Believe in Visions. And, uh, and in that book, he describes seeing a vision of the Lord Jesus. And he says, as he was looking at Jesus, he says the Lord Jesus was holding a crown, the most beautiful crown. 
He said it was, it was more beautiful than anything he'd ever seen. Jesus was just holding it. And he said he, in the vision, he, he kept, he was looking at Jesus, but he kept looking at that crown. And when the Lord goes to explain what the crown is, the Lord tells Brother Hagin in the vision, he says, this, this, this is a soul winner's crown. And the Lord told him, I've had one of these for all of my children. How many glad about that? Yeah. The, the Lord told Brother, he said, I've got, I've, I've got one of these for all of my, it's a, so, Brother Hagin said it was so beautiful, that crown. That, that one that he was holding was a soul winner's crown. Yeah. And so uh, he said that the, the Lord told him, though, he went on to say, even though he had one of these for all of his children, he said, he said, many of them are too busy. In other words, many of my children are too busy. And, and what the Lord was ultimately saying was sometimes busyness can, can get such a hold on people's lives that they're not sensitive to the cutting edge of what God's doing, and that is saving and winning souls all over the world. <laughs> Busyness has a way of blocking out important priorities. And so often God is speaking. He's speaking to his people. But the level of busyness that we have, we all have to be busy. Life is busy. Life is going to be busy. There's no way to get around life being busy. But, 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 but we must control the level of our busyness. Just because life is busy, my friend, does not mean that God expects us to run around like a chicken with no head, running from here to there in constant uh, crisis and emotion, running around doing this, running around doing this, running around doing that, running around there. And then we find ourselves sometimes too busy to just sit in his presence when there are huge benefits to pushing back and just getting in his presence. And oftentimes the Lord is speaking He's speaking to us. But, but sometimes, my friend, just like he said about that soul winner's crown, oftentimes we're too busy. And I, I suggest to you tonight that the Lord is, is doing more speaking to you and I than we are giving him credit for. But, but when he speaks, and yet our lives are unbalanced because of busyness, then it's hard to hear what he's saying. I said, he wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants to teach you. He wants to to guide you into all of the will of God. And oftentimes he's speaking, he's directing, he's guiding, and we're missing it sometimes because we're too busy just to get in his presence. Sometimes we have to discover what is the most important thing, what's the most important priority. And I'm suggesting to you there ought to be some part of our day, there ought to be some part of our day that we push back, that we reserve to just get in God's presence. We can't walk around all day with our hands folded. I understand that. We can't walk around all day reading the Bible. I understand that. Can't walk around all day praying in the Spirit. I understand that. But there ought to be some amount of time that we just reserve where we push back on people, on schedules, and say, no, I'm going to push back on that. I'm going to get into the presence of God and experience time with him. And so we come to our scripture, Psalm 46, verse 10, where God beckons to you. He beckons to me. He calls us from the word. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. 
The title of this sermon tonight, you might be able to guess by now, <laughs> be still and know that I am God. Help me with my title, first of all. Say that with me. Be still and know that I am God. One more time now. Be still and know that I am God. God's talking to you. I said God's talking to you. And so I want to make three uh, quick points here in our time together briefly tonight. We, in the few moments that we have here tonight, I want to make three quick points to you that we feel were impressed upon us by the Lord to share with you tonight. And the first one is this, be still. That's my first point, be still. <laughs> Push back, create some time for God. Make room, make room for him. There's a popular song I love. We sing, I will make room for you. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Make room for him. In our, you know, 24 hours of each day, 168 hours in each week, listen, make room. Find some time to make room for him. You can be around the word all day long and not be in the word not be, and not really be with him. You can be around him and still not be with him. How many knows that? Yeah. And, and, and so the first point is make room. Make room for him. Make room for him. Go with me to, um, let's, let's stop at Mark 135 real quick, and then we're going to run from Mark 135 to Luke chapter 10, verse 37. We're going, uh, the bus is going first to Mark 135, and then the bus is stopping real quick, uh, Luke 10, 37, okay? Uh, and Mark 135, there's an account of the Lord Jesus and um, how many know Jesus was busy, his earthly schedule? How many know uh, you, you may be busy, but you ain't busier than Jesus? <laughs> Anybody here want to say you were busier than Jesus? Anybody here think you were busier than the Lord Jesus? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> no. Mark 135, it says this, but before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. You know, Jesus knew everybody was looking for him. Of course, everybody was looking for him. But Jesus made time to get up a great while before daybreak, before the sun came up. He got up and got away from everybody and everything, and he pushed back and he got alone with the Father. And if it was a priority for Jesus, it ought to be a priority for you and I. Can I get one amen there? Jesus made time. He had a busy schedule, no doubt. No doubt he did. But he made time to spend with the heavenly father. And he realized he had to get away. By the time they caught up to him, they said, everybody looking for you. Jesus ignored that. <laughs> he said, we've got lots of places to go and preach. <laughs> he purposely got away from them. And you and I have to pur purposely get away from the busyness of our schedules. Busyness does not necessarily suggest piety. And busyness can sometimes be correlated with the flesh if we don't manage our business. We all have to be busy. Life is busy. There's no, way, there's no way to get away from being busy. But we have to manage that busyness, setting priorities that are consistent with the Lord. And that means taking some time. You might say, well, I've got five minutes. Well, give that five minutes to God and enter into his presence uninterrupted. So often we're so distracted in our time with God. So often, even when people worship God, even at church, even at home, their mind is filled with so many other thoughts. There's, there's, there's that outside busyness, of course, the outside busyness and chaos, but then there's nothing worse than the inside noise in a person's mind. 
that you can be all alone and your mind just be raging with noise. So often people have trouble sleeping because they can't get their mind to be quiet. And nobody may even be in the room. Nobody may be around them. But there's a noise. There's a busyness. There's an activity of their mind. And yet the Lord beckons you and I to come. To be still. To be still in his presence. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, 37. What's your first point? It's just to be still. Make time. Make room. Make room for God. Make room for him. Push back. You can be around the Word. Doesn't, just because you're around the Word doesn't mean you're in the Word. Make room for Him. Oh, the Lord beckons tonight. He beckons you from the Word. Be still and know that I am God. Here in Luke 10, uh, 37, I said, but let's go to 38. Luke 10, 38. Jesus and the disciple, uh, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here unwilling to do all the work? I'm sorry, that my sister sits, uh, my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, You are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. Yeah, Mary had discovered that in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of the noise, in the midst of the details, in the midst of the schedules, in the midst of the need to be here and there and everywhere, Mary discovered the priority of just pressing in to be with Jesus. She knew there were things to be done. She knew there was stuff to be prepared. She knew Jesus was at the house. She knew Martha was running around like a chicken with no head. But she knew there was an opportunity. There was a rare moment to just sit at his feet to be still and to know that he was God. And she made the decision to just sit at his feet as Martha beckoned to her, I'm sure with her eyes and her mind and her thoughts and finally her words, Lord, tell her to help me. (laughs) But the Lord said, no, she's discovered the secret. She's discovered the priority. She's discovered the one thing that's necessary in the midst of a busy, chaotic life, in the midst of a busy, chaotic schedule, Jesus said the one, Mary's already discovered it's necessary to push back, to be still in my presence. I'm not going to take that from her. And she sat at his feet and she listened to his word. Wow. The Lord spoke that day. The Lord instructed, the Lord guided, the Lord encouraged, but Martha didn't get any of that. Mary got that. Mary was sitting at his feet, getting the guidance of the Lord, getting the instruction of the Lord, getting the encouragement of the Lord, getting the leading of the Lord. Martha missed all of that because she wouldn't push back and just be still. Somehow, in your schedule, I don't debate that you're busy. I wouldn't argue that with you. But the Lord sent me here to tell you, find some time to push back. Find some time to press in. Find some time to sit at his feet. Find some time to listen to his word. Oh, because when you do that, 
his encouragement will come. When you do that, his strength will come. When you do that, his help will come. And really, it's already there. But so often, we forfeit it, just like Martha, in our busyness, checking off our to-do list, neglecting time with God. I said, God, he's got something to say to you, my brother and sister. But there's nobody else who can hear for you what God wants to say to you. You're going to have to press in and get that yourself. Be still. My second point, my second point is probably really complicated after all of this that we've said. My second point is this. Be still and know. (laughs) Go back to 4610. We're in Psalm 4610. That's where we started tonight, 4610. This, this phrase, be still and know, it suggests two different commands. These aren't suggestions from God. These are two separate commands from God. The first one was my first point, be still. And, and my, second, my second point is be still and know. So, so being still and knowing are two different things. Now, so often in this life, we know things cognitively. We give mental assent to things. We, we know things in our mind. We acknowledge that certain things exist. But it's one thing to know something cognitively. It's another thing to know something experientially. How many know what I'm saying tonight? I've, I've said so often from the pulpit here, I remember when I was going through a divorce, you say, why do you always talk about that? Because God was so good to me. God strengthened me and helped me. And I know if you're going through some change in your life, God can help you. He'll strengthen you. He'll see you through. God will lift you up. God will encourage you. Yes, he will. And, and going through that situation, God encouraged me. And I, I knew that the Lord was my strength. I was reading Isaiah 40. I've said so often in my testimony, I was reading Isaiah 40. And those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. I was reading that scripture. And I was saying to the Lord, Lord, this is early on when I, when I first started going through the divorce. I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I know. I know that you are my strength. I know that. I, I know, I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But, but there's something I'm not getting. There's some part I need to experience your strength. I know that I have it by faith. And I need to do something to walk in the manifestation of your strength. And I was walking around in my bedroom saying that to God. And it seemed like the Lord told me this. I felt impressed. I didn't hear a voice. I felt a deep impression. Read it again. And so I read Isaiah 40, I think I started up there around 27 and read down to the end. Read it again. I read it again. Those who wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like it. I said, Lord, you've promised to give me the strength of an eagle. You've promised to give me the strength to get ahead of the storm. You've promised to give me the strength to get above this thing. And I know that by faith. I know it by faith. But I want to experience it in, manifest- in full manifestation. Seemed like down to my belly, I heard that again. Read that again. I read it again. <laughs> Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I see the same thing. I'm reading it again. I'm, I'm obeying you, Lord, but I see the same thing. I don't see nothing different. Read it again. <laughs> Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. I said, Lord, I don't see anything different. I'm reading it. Read it again. I don't know how many times I read it. It was sometime after 10 times. I read it, I don't know, somewhere 10, 12 times right in there. But oh, when I read it that last time, oh, 
from the pages of the logos of the word, oh, a rhema word came from the logos of the word. God's word lifted off the page to me. And the Lord spoke this to me, Bill, you're trying to get renewed strength with an unrenewed mind. Now, if you will renew your mind, I will renew your strength. And I tell you, I got busy right then renewing my mind. I got busy right then. I don't know how I found Hebrews 13.5, but I turned to Hebrews 13.5, and it says, he himself, for he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. Now, when I first said that, I said that kind of sheepishly. I said that with kind of a shyness, a reservedness in my voice. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. What can man do to me? And the more I read it, I I started reading it and reading it and reading it. And I said, this thing says, so that we can confidently say. And I said, well, Lord, I'm not saying this thing confidently. There's no confidence in my voice. I I know cognitively. I, I believe cognitively I'm confident. This thing says, so that we can confidently say. And I kept saying, and the more I said it, the more confident I got. Until I just got bold as a lion. I was experiencing in manifestation. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. That word know means experience it in manifestation. Experience the power of his presence. Experience the power of his attributes. I said, he's a holy God. I said, he's a faithful God. I said, he's a God who will provide for all your needs. You say, I'm broke tonight, preacher, but God is still a provider no matter what's in your pocket or bank account. Somebody said, there's changes in my body, and I, but God is a healer. He's the Lord who heals us. He's a healer. You say, well, I may not be experiencing, experiencing that. It doesn't change the fact that God is a healer. Whatever your earthly human condition, it doesn't change the fact that God is faithful. God is true. God is holy. God is a provider. God will sure enough protect you. God will watch over you. God will bring you through. Hey, God will put bread on your table. God will see you through. God will open the doors for you. I said he's a way maker. He's a need meter. He's a door opener. He's a provider. And I got so confident, bold as a lion, I felt the strength of God come all over me. And I went off to sleep. And when I woke up, I had a mantle of strength on me. I rolled out of bed on my knees with my hands in the air. And I said, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I got it, Lord. I got it now. <laughs> the Bible says, be still and know. That's our second point. What was your first point? Be still. Make time. Make room. Make room for him. What's your second? Be still and know. To know means that we experience him. To know means that we stand in awe of who he is. When I quoted Hebrews 13, 5, so that I I changed it to me so that I can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. Oh, praise God. And I was saying I wasn't fearful of anything. I was lonely. And, And so the Lord said, just substitute the word fearful there. Put the word lonely in there. So I can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not be lonely. And you know, every bit of loneliness left. He said, how can you be lonely if I promise never to leave you and never to forsake you? (laughs) Woo! Glory be to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) But I'm telling you, God made a way. And he sent me to tell you he'll make a way for you. 
And the Bible says, be still, yes. But be still and know. God wants us to experience. He wants us to, to know in our thoughts, to be dominated by the fact that he is God. And when you know the reality of his attributes, when you, when you, when you to be still and to know that, that, that you get everything else out of your mind, everything else away from your mind, and you get your eyes on God, on who he is, that he is the mighty savior, he's the provider, he's the strengthener, he's the guide, he's the teacher, he's the consoler, he's the comforter. Whatever you need, he is that. <laughs> you know, over in, keep your finger there, go to Psalm 16, Psalm 16, verse 8. We're talking about, no, be still and know. Be still and know. Oh, when we get in his presence, some people are so busy in his presence. You, you can be worshiping God with your hands up. That don't mean you're in his presence. You can worship God with your hands up and be down there at Walmart picking out. You say, oh, let me say, whatever was Walmart got going on when I get done? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There's a sale at Walmart when I get done. No. <laughs> Just because you're standing in his presence doesn't mean that, that, that you're being still to know. Just because your hands are lifted doesn't mean that you know. But when you focus your attention... When you refuse to let anything break your concentration from a risen Savior who is your God, he is your Father. And when you fail to let anything break your concentration, oh, then you'll begin to know. you begin to be still and know that I am God. You'll see him with his attributes. And suddenly it'll be like it says right here, Psalm 16, verse 8. Psalm 16, verse 8 in the uh, New Living says, I know... The Lord is always with me. I like that. David said, I'm not wondering about this thing. He said, I know, I know I'm experiencing the fact that, that God is omnipresent. I know that God is always with me. I know it. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. David was saying, God, I know it. I know it. Be still and know that I am God. What was he knowing at that moment? He was knowing God's mighty presence. God himself is with me. Oh, yeah. He said, I will not be shaken. He's right, back. He's right beside me. Be still and be still, number one. Number two, be still and know. That's my second point. Be still and know. You've got to focus. You've got to listen to the Lord. Focus on the Lord. Be still and know. Look at Psalm 62, if you will. Psalm 62. What's, what's my second point? Be still and, and know. Yeah. What was my first point? Be still. Thank you. So my second point, that's what we're talking about. Be still and know. Now we're in Psalm 62. Going to read verse 1 uh, and 2 and going to read verse 5 through 7. 1 and 2 and 5 through 7 talking about be still and know. Psalm 62, verse 1, I waited, no, I wait quietly before God. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will never be shaken. Praise God. Well, that sounds like Psalm 16. David said, I'll never be shaken. I'm not going to be shaken. <laughs> when you know his attributes, 
when you're still enough, when you get still in his presence, be still and know. Oh, and then you concentrate and focus on his attributes, his love, his presence, uh, his promises. Oh, my, 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 he is a promise keeper. David said, I wait quietly before the Lord for my victory comes from him. Look at verse 5, Psalm 62, verse 5. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. My friends, there there are plenty of times to make a shout and a joyful shout, shout and a loud noise in the presence of God. There's not a thing wrong with that. Everything is right with that. What I'm suggesting to you is that there are some times when God beckons us to his, to, his, to his presence. He beckons us to meet with him. And during those moments, we have to, to, to turn off everything else that's vying for our attention of our thoughts and to just be still and to just be still and know. And finally, tonight, before we go, this third point. Be still and wait. Be still, number one. Number two, be still and know. Number three, be still and wait. You see, where are you coming from there? Go, go back in Psalms with me. Psalm 37, verse 7. Psalm 37 and verse 7. Be still and wait. That's my third. That's my third point tonight. Be still and wait. Psalm 37, verse 7 in the New Living, it says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Don't be, uh, stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Back to verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently for him to act. You know, uh, there comes this aspect of the leading of the Lord, God leading and guiding us. And and here in this point, what I want to suggest to you is wait for the Lord to lead you. Don't get out ahead of him. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. You got questions, but he's got answers. I said, God's got a question for every answer. He knows the way. He knows what you're supposed to do. If you'll wait on, be still. If you'll get quiet in his presence, make room, make room, make time. And then remind yourself of his attributes. Be still and know. And then this third point, be still and wait. Be still and wait on him. Psalm 32 verse 8, he says to you and I, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, and I will counsel you with my eye on you. Only don't be like a horse or a mule that have no understanding, whose trappings include a bit and bridle to keep them in check. Otherwise, they won't come near you. Oh, but God says to you and I, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I'll counsel you with my eye on you. Only don't be like a horse or a mule. Horses and mules are known for their stubbornness. They're known for their ability to resist. And God's saying, when I speak to you, don't resist. Don't push back. I'm talking to you. I'm guiding you. Don't resist me when I'm trying to lead you. And so often he's speaking, but someone's resisting. Be still. Be still and know. 
Be still and wait. The Lord wants to guide you. He wants to lead you into all of his perfect will. Being busy is a necessity, but being still is a choice. Let him guide you and lead you. Finally tonight, and we'll close with this, 1 Kings, 1 Kings. We'll, we'll close here in the book of 1 Kings, uh, 1 Kings and 19, 1 Kings chapter 19. We've said to you tonight, our first point, be still. Make time for God. Make room for him. Let him do whatever he wants to. Get your thoughts on him. Be still and know. Focus on his attributes. Focus on who he is. He's never been unfair. He's never been unfaithful. Focus on his faithfulness. Focus on his love. Focus on his ability to provide. Focus on his ability to heal. Focus on his ability to do whatever it is you need. Be still and know. And thirdly, now we're talking about this. We're, we, we, the third point we talked about was, was uh, be still and wait. Wait on him. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. He's a guide. He's a teacher. John uh, 14, 16. John 14, 26. John 15, 26. John 16, 7. God will lead you and guide you and strengthen you and help you and console you. But here tonight as we end, 1 Kings 19. <clears throat> 1 Kings 19, I'm going to paraphrase for time's sake. Elisha had given a word to Ahab and uh, Jezebel and um, the king and the queen, and uh, they were disobedient to God, obviously. And um, Jezebel is world famous, but Ahab was evil too. And, uh, but in any case, uh, he gave the word. And, um, and then Jezebel said she was going to kill him, and then he ran for his life, Elijah did. And um, he wound up in a cave in a juniper tree running from the Lord. He wasn't listening to God. He was just running. Something happened that was a critical situation, and he was just running, 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 running. He wasn't being still. He wasn't knowing who God was. He wasn't waiting on God, be still and wait. He was just running. And so often when critical things happen and things we don't expect, we just start running. We just start getting busy. We start running. And the Bible says, be still. Be still and know. Be still and wait on him. Let him lead you and guide you. And finally, the Lord catches up with him. You know, I'm saying that just uh, my own words. The Lord had already caught up with him, obviously. But the Lord uh, comes to the cave that he's at and asks him, what's he doing there? You can see that at verse 9. But, but the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he talks about how he's been zealous for the Lord. Nobody's following the Lord but him. Now he's obeyed the Lord, and now his life is in danger. Verse 11 is what I want to draw your attention to. Read with me. We're going to end on this, verse 11 through uh, 13. It says, uh, go out, the Lord told Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain. Elijah couldn't hear from God. He was running. He was afraid. The Lord tells him, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And then the Lord told him, as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. God is often found gently whispering in the quietness of a humble heart. 
It is our responsibility to get into his presence and to allow him to speak to us. I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this. God loves you more than you know. And I know this, that God wants to lead you and guide you through whatever circumstance or situation you're facing. And I do know this, God will speak to you and encourage you and help you. And I do know this, he's the God who looks ahead. Because somebody here says, well, there's nothing going on in my life. Glory to God. Keep on praising him. Glory to God. Thank God. But, but sometimes God will look ahead and see what's coming in the next six months. And, 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 and God knows how to get you ready and prepare you for things today that are coming some months down the road. And, and if you'll listen today, even when nothing's going on, and that, now that's the time, press on in, press on in. You say, nothing going on, press on in. What you waiting on? Because God, he can guide you today and give you leader, leading and guiding that's for tomorrow. Being busy, it's unavoidable. But being still and knowing that he's a, he is God, that's a choice. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. And during these moments, we've endeavored to share with your people as we felt that you laid upon our heart to be still. Be still and know. Be still and wait. Oh, Father, we all need your guidance. We need your direction. We need your encouragement. We need your strength. We need the, the reality of your promises. And Father God, speak to your people. Lead and guide. And so often, Lord, uh, let me just say, we, we, we repent because sometimes we're so busy and you've already spoken. You've already provided guidance. But we weren't sensitive to it. We were too busy. And so, God, speak again. Encourage that downtrodden heart. Uplift that soul that's going through that nightmare situation. Help, encourage, instruct, lead, guide by your spirit. We know there's a time for the, the shout of joy, for the, for the cry aloud of your goodness. There's always the time for that. But then there are the times to heed your beckoning call to come into the quietness to be still to know and be focused to be still and wait and be led to wait on you before we act before we do that before we make that decision to wait on you so we trust you tonight help your people father and there may be someone here listening to my voice who needs to be saved needs to be born again just before we go tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed anybody here you need to be born again you're not saved you don't know if you would go to heaven tonight if something should happen to you maybe you're watching online you're not sure what would happen if you were to die tonight but God forbid should you die tonight where would you go how do you know that oh God's got the answer the real question is do you know Jesus have you ever received Jesus as your Savior? Is there anybody here in this audience and you say, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd go to heaven if I died tonight. I don't want you to lift your hand and let me pray for you. Is anybody here like that? Ushers, help me real quick. Help me real quick. 
Anybody here tonight? You say, I'm not sure if I, if I were to die tonight, if I were to slip away from this earth, I'm not sure what would happen to me. Anybody here and you say, I, I need to repent of my sins. I, I'm born again. I'm born again, preacher, but I need to get right with God. I'm just not right with God, and I want to make it right tonight. Let me see your hand. Anybody here like that? I want to make it right with God. I want to get right with the Lord. Anybody here, just lift your hand. I'll pray for you. Our prayer partners are coming now. These anointed men and women, just anointed. These brothers and sisters in Christ are anointed people. If I had anything that I needed prayer for, agreement for, I wouldn't hesitate. And they're down here as a benefit to you as the service concludes. If you need prayer for anything that we've said and uh, something we didn't mention tonight, come on forward after the service. All we ask, you know by now. If you're a lady, go to the ladies. And if you're a guy, go to the guys. But uh, come on forward and they will pray with you. They will pray with you, and you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Tonight, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still. Be still and know. Be still and wait. Let God invade your week and lead you and guide you in Jesus' name. Well, as we are dismissed, again, if you have a prayer concern, request, come on forward. And if not, God bless you. Be here Wednesday for Hour of Power. You are dismissed. God bless you.